0: Welcome. You're listening to the Nonprofit Digital Success Podcast. I'm your host, David, from WoW Digital. Welcome to the Nonprofit Digital Success Podcast. I'm your host, David, and today I have Baron Schimberg on the show. Allow me to introduce him. Baron is an architect, lead AP who is registered in Florida and Texas with a master's in architecture from Tulane University. His firm has been in business for over 17 years, won numerous awards for projects ranging from residential to restaurants, and has also been featured in two books by famed retail guru, Martin Pegler. His approach is called concierge architecture, where they provide ongoing architectural and interior design services to clients who have multiple projects over extended periods of time, who pay them on a set monthly basis for a minimum of a one-year contract very similar to a concierge doctor. There are other types of clients Are nonprofits like Resilient Retreat, which is a 30-bed retreat for people that have experienced trauma, 40 Carrots, which is a community organization providing parenting and family counseling, and Suncoast Humane Society, which is a dog and cat shelter in Florida. Aaron is also a co-author of Pancakes and Pickles, a children's book dedicated to supporting Miracle League of Minnesota a nonprofit organization providing the opportunity for differently abled children and adults to play the game of baseball. I brought Barron on the show because of the nature of fundraising and capital campaigns is something that your nonprofit should be considering if you're not already doing so. Because of his architecture background and working with NPOs, he has a unique perspective and insight that might inspire you. Barron, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you. How are you doing? Very good.
1: <laughs> a man of many words. <laughs> <laughs> I actually probably do have many words. I, this is uh, this is a first time for me, and I'm I'm looking forward to
0: really having a conversation and seeing how we can we can help. Amazing, amazing. So if if you're good to go, let's dive in and uh, and we'll get going with this. So at what point should a nonprofit consider hiring an architect? I would say uh, the point that a nonprofit should consider hiring an
1: architect is at that uh, time when they consider either expanding or renovating their existing, or possibly have
0: a uh, a donor provide them or buy uh, a piece of property. Okay, and have you have you worked with any organizations that have been in that situation where there's like absolutely nothing, like just a a plot of property? Yes, we have.
1: Uh, We've actually worked with uh, organizations that have either considered buying a piece of property, and we've helped them actually go around with realtors, literally, and look at different pieces of property and, and given them feedback as to whether or not that makes sense, or whether it's in a good location, or that whether they can even put in what they want to put in, in terms of uh, the the existing footprint, or can they hit the parking requirements, and then, in other cases, we've actually had uh, proper uh, organizations that actually owned the piece of property. They are existing in an, in another facility, and they have been considering and or preparing to design and develop a, a new a new facility for themselves. So they have this piece of property, and they're trying to figure out, okay, what do we do with
0: it now? It's amazing. That's amazing. So as an architect, as, as your firm, right, how can you help a nonprofit raise donor money?
1: So as a as an architect, uh, we have, I think, a unique position when it comes to raising money for nonprofits. At the end of the day, pictures speak a thousand words. And when a nonprofit is able to present to a potential donor, uh, or, or uh, even as part of a capital campaign, renderings, photorealistic images, models, um, anything that can get somebody to be be interested in that in that nonprofit, or get excited about not that nonprofit, or get excited about even specifically putting their name on a building. Uh, that's where we come in, and we really um, not only have found that uh, after, after producing these documents or these, these what we call collateral um, helps, but sometimes we actually end up getting into conversations with the actual donor and create a relationship in that way that helps the nonprofit because then, then they can put somebody sort of directly in front of them that can appeal to what they're asking for or what they really want. And and it gives us the ability to design then accordingly. And and again, it's all about just appealing to what their needs are, what their desires
0: are and what they what they want and what they're willing to put up money for. So you mentioned collateral, right? A lot of people that listen to this podcast are in like marketing communication roles like they're very familiar with with collateral. Can you expand a little bit more about the different types of collateral that you've worked with nonprofits in producing? Sure.
1: So um, in terms of what we can produce uh, that falls under the sort of umbrella of collateral, it really ranges from anywhere from what we call a master plan. And uh, a master plan can be anything from a site plan that is maybe just black and white all the way to a rendered site plan, which shows the actual design on the actual property, uh, we have one uh, project now, uh, Suncoast Humane Society, that is a um, 11 acres on an extremely treed, you know, extremely lush, extremely environmentally sensitive property that we have been able to actually take every single tree and put it on the master plan, and then show how the buildings fit within that. Um, so, so master plans fall into collateral. And then, as we get further along into the design, we can get into what the actual buildings look like. So you can get into more sketchy, more sort of watercolor, romantic drawings and renderings to photorealistic renderings, which show the name of the of what that uh, building is, or the donor's name, or the 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 purpose of that uh, of that uh, building, or the logo of the nonprofit and how it fits into the the, the design. So as we get further along into the into the design and they they reflect uh, the phasing or the phases that we're at, our renderings and our collateral then reflect exactly where we're at with that. I mean, we can even, you know, right now we're designing a, a a donor wall or we're we're as part of the process as part of the design for Suncoast, we are doing a donor wall. We designed a donor wall. We actually made a mock-up of the donor wall to present to them. So that is also collateral because it becomes something that people can touch and feel and they can see, okay, I can put my name on that donor card. And we've actually also created 3D models of the actual building that then can be displayed in a lobby or for people to see. That can also be collateral. And I would say the, the last thing that we've also done is, is interior material boards, which one may not think that, oh, that's collateral, but when somebody can, a donor, let's say, looks at that and says, oh, I love that fabric, or I love that, 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 those colors or the, the, the palette. Again, it's all about getting them excited to say, okay, I wanna put money up and I wanna put money towards your, your facility. So, or your organization. So, even those
0: become collateral. In terms of working with uh, the nonprofits and providing these collateral pieces, do you typically get any feedback from the nonprofits in terms of they've seen an increase in donors or an increase in larger donors or donors that have already donated? If they're Going to give I don't know five hundred thousand dollars or million dollars to to the charity. That once they see these things, they get even more excited and want to put more money towards the the project. Yes, we often see uh, once we create
1: the collateral, the the donors. M- many times the donors have already committed, right? So they they have said, okay, we're willing to put up uh, this money for this facility. However, we want to see now what what our money is going to and what it looks like. So, when they see the rendering with their name on it, it one confirms that that's what they want. So I think it 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 sort of solidifies their commitment to the to the organization. But then also, if there are situations where the organization is you know needs more donors and has to create capital campaign for it, then yes, we we, we absolutely have seen that that once renderings are put out there and once people can see what they're putting their money towards, uh, they start to they start to generate capital. I mean, and, and it, it's almost again, like I said, pictures speak a thousand words. And, and it's almost um, inevitable that people will gravitate towards a rendering or towards what the building looks like. And we've even you know, it even gives them the opportunity to give their opinion, which Every everybody wants to give, and especially somebody that's giving money at large at large sums, let's say, to a specific organization. So it starts the interaction and the engagement in that way that maybe they're not necessarily putting up more money, but if you can get them engaged and 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 Thinking about that organization, then it then it just helps in their in their continued passion towards it, and in the continued design. And ultimately, we find that design always gets better, even when even when it becomes, you know, let's say um, challenging to deal with different opinions. At the end of the day, you know, I'm all, I'm a firm believer that that if you make changes or if things shift, the shift is always better than the original. It, it just inevitably happens that way. That's what often happens with these renderings and with this collateral that it starts to 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 not only make the project better, but
0: it also engages the the donors and and makes them more excited about it. yeah, and you know to that point, being able to engage with the donors, get their buy-in, get the make them once once you really see something, right, like the field of dreams quote, right? If you build it, they will come, right. even though you haven't actually built anything in the physical world. The digital construction that you've done, the the creation of those assets of the collateral creates that excitement and it feels more real, even though nothing has really like physically pretend, like actually happened on site.
1: Well, and that's where I would say the master plan really comes into play, because once a building goes vertical, then, then almost anybody can say, OK, I can see my name on there. I can see it, you know what it looks like, or I can understand how it feels or whatever. But in the master plan phase, when you've got this piece of property, whether there's a building on it or not, and you're trying to figure out, you know, what actually am I going to do with this, right? Then there's this real disconnect between seeing a piece of property and seeing what goes on that piece of property, and how and how the design of ultimately what you want on that property best uh, helps the organization further their mission. So that master planning phase, I've always said, is the most important. Um, We can design anything, but figuring out what goes on that property is probably the more difficult part of it. And if people can start to understand, okay, I have a single building, or I have multiple buildings, or I have the relationship of the building to the parking, or if I have uh, solar, or whatever comes out of that, that process of master planning, that in itself starts to generate interest and starts to generate donor capital uh, campaign interest, so that they start to really, like I said, get engaged and say, "Okay, I want to be a part of this."
0: Yeah, and you know, even having a board up on the site, like the future home of right, with a rendering behind it, people drive by, they see it, they start getting excited. There's some talk in the community. Oh, what what's this about? They start looking around online, and that's where like the digital aspect can come in, um, you know, creating a micro site or something like that for the site, try to solicit donations through that um, as well and just, you know, let people know about it, which ties in, I guess, to what I wanted to ask you next. Uh, so you're producing these pieces of collateral, but who do you work with or deal with typically as an architect when it comes to helping with the marketing side of it?
1: So. Um... As the architects, we typically immediately deal with the executive director, okay? So every every organization is different. So in some cases, uh, the first person that we dealt with was really the founder. And in, in one case, she was the driving force behind the design and she really started the process and came up with the concept. and um, And in that case, that's who we dealt with was the founder. As she grew, she started to bring on executive directors and, and more people and staff, let's say. And ultimately, as the architect, uh, we end up working with the executive director. So that's pretty much you know, the, the, the first person. Then we recommend that they always create a building committee. Um, and whether you want to call it a design, co- sometimes they call it a design committee, and then that turns into a building committee. Sometimes it's the same committee, design slash building committee. But we ultimately um, always recommend that there is a committee that can then go back to the board because there's always a board, right? So there's an executive director that that reports back to the board, but then there should be a committee that reports back to the board. We we always recommend that it we keep you keep it to a minimum a maximum of five people, and those are the people that we then uh, uh, communicate with. And um, again, every every organization is different, and and uh, part of a joke. Part of uh, one, one day, I'm going to put on my business card, psychologist, because I think as I start to, you know, <laughs> as we as we continue to work with boards and work with um, nonprofits, you know, we find that there is a a, a therapeutic <laughs> part of dealing with with uh, boards, especially with nonprofit boards, because. They are as passionate as any person gets with a specific organization, right? Versus a developer or a um, you know or a private entity, they're a little different. Or a restaurateur, let's say, they're very different. Boards and nonprofits have um, have a little bit unique approach to, to everything. So um, so we try to. You know work with them and um, and and figure out what exactly they're looking for, because they all have different opinions. But ultimately, it comes down to our direct connection with an executive director, which which gets us to where we really need to be.
0: And in terms of um, like renderings and where where you know organizations should think about using them, uh, does it make sense to like have things online during the process? At at what point in the process would it make sense to to bring the project to life in in the digital space, like on online, on a website, on microsite, that type of thing? Right. So
1: most organizations have websites, and the the best time to start bringing in the collateral and the renderings and the Um, and the images that we we create is really at a point when when we get to a design level that is truly reflective of what they want to represent and what they want to present to the community. Meaning there's a there's a ton of time when we first start working with with nonprofits. there are a lot of sketches and a lot of design and a lot of images that may or may not be applicable to presenting to potential donors. But at some point, you get to a a level of design that is truly reflective of, of what they want. And once you get to that point, then it becomes, okay, now's the time to present it. The website is always a great location to do that in, mostly that applies to people that are already involved, right? I don't know if you're going to necessarily present to people that don't know about the website, right? It's not necessarily to generate new visitors to the website. More importantly, it gives them the ability to, to direct people that may not know about the website to the website and then look at those renderings, right? So, And we often um, work closely with their marketing person, and and most nonprofits do have that. And we present them with certain, then you get into exactly what level of of DPI and what level of images they need, whether it's for a website, whether it's for a brochure. Uh, We have helped them, we have helped certain organizations um, actually uh, put together their brochures and provide them with ideas of of how to present the information and the renderings and the images that we're we're giving them. We do like to get involved uh, on a graphic level as as architects. Not every architect does, but we we tend to. So we enjoy that process mainly because it's a uh, at the end of the day, again, it's a, it's representative of our work, and we want that interaction and we want that ability to help them present it in the best way that they possibly can. So meaning you could potentially take a rendering that may or may not look right in one way, but if you present it in this way, then then it would generate more interest. So sometimes that is something that we do for them. but but ultimately it, it goes on a website, uh, goes in brochures depending on the community, it could be presented in on television. Um, so oftentimes they um, you know we get interviewed by the local community news station about the potential, you know about the future project and how that's presented. If they organize a um, a uh, groundbreaking, that's often with news uh, you know outlets uh, there. So a, a question of how that's presented, You know, in terms of boards and and on easels and how people see that we've even put together uh, videos with uh, audio in the background of an animation taking one through the facility so that it's not just an animation, but it also incorporates my talking about the design. But in one case, we actually brought on the the, uh, executive director uh, and let her speak also so that it was a combination of. Design, but also passion and and, in, and and you know presenting what the what the organization was about as part of the the video and as part of the um, as part of the collateral uh, for this. So and then that can be sent to to different um, donors. You know, oftentimes we find that um, the executive directors and or board members have specific people in mind that they want to approach, right? And they want to say, and they want to be able to go to that person, or that family, or that trust, or that you know um, um, avenue, to send them something to say, hey, I want you to support this this organization. Um, so that becomes a question of what are you sending them, and, and and at that point, we we help to
0: present you know the best possible collateral to do that. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, I know we spoke a little bit uh, earlier on about, you know, having the collateral and helping that, helping um, organizations raise money and raise like steward donors towards donations. Is there anything else that an architect could help a nonprofit with during the construction of the building to raise money? During the construction? Um, Well, I, 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 th-
1: I think an architect can help during construction um, by just doing a good job of making sure that it's being constructed quickly <laughs> and on time and on schedule and the way that it was meant. And to. on budget. And on budget. Exactly. And on budget. <laughs> now, once you've gotten to the construction portion of it, the budget better be better be set. Right. I mean, we don't want we, we, we are well, we pride ourselves on the fact that we very rarely have big change orders unless there's a change from the owner, right? So it's not based on I hate to use the word mistakes, but it's not based on um, things that were missed or things that were maybe allowances or stuff. We, we 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 tend to be very detailed and very specific in our in our design so that there aren't big questions moving into construction. But but during construction. Uh, there are often walkthroughs set up and visits set up by potential donors. And we have given tours of our of our uh, buildings before. Uh, we've been asked by the owners uh, or by the organization to, you know, take people through, to meet with them. You know, we also tend to support them financially during the process of construction obviously so so we attend and sponsor a lot of the events during construction of nonprofits often and they always have events during that process of construction which they should so you know we are often there <laughs> anyway and we enjoy going to the events and and they're all you know unique in their own way and they they you know some are like we've been to um the orchestra out in the middle of the this incredible forest for this one event or we you know attend a gala and we you know are, are sitting at a table with potential people that are interested so you know, we we become stewards, sort of, of the nonprofit to uh, represent them as we, you know, are are meeting new people and talking about our project. Um, so in that way, and that is again typically during construction. I think they we find that that that's what happens, and and oftentimes we are asked to speak at 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 the events and during construction, and and again to give tours and to talk about it. So. I think all of that helps to generate interest. And it, again, makes the connection between the architect and the organization. And in terms of raising dollars and raising capital uh, for that organization, it, it, it brings everything home that, hey, this is for real. This, they have an architect, they have they're building this, he's still involved or she's still around, so uh, anytime you can make it more real and not just a pretty picture or, or, or just a, 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 a fantasy, um, you know, for the future of this organization, anytime it becomes more real, people, people get more, more uh, connected to it. And, and we as architects are the front line sort of, of doing that for any project
0: that moves beyond just an idea. Yeah, so many, so many great pieces in there for sure. Um, you know, having those multiple touch points with big donors, mid-sized donors, it's all very key to bringing them towards becoming somebody who's willing to participate in the organization financially and with their time. And I, th- I think it's really important that people, the people who are listening to this, that not specifically just about architects and architecture and building new property or resurfacing or refacing or any of that. You you need to have that touch with, with the people that you're going after and not just hit them up with an ask every year or every quarter or something like that. You need to really involve them in your organization in one way or another. And I think that that's exactly what you're just talking about, right? Having Galas, meeting with them, having events, bringing them through on tours, letting them touch and feel and and see everything. So I think it's really uh, it's really key. Yeah, I've heard before architects
1: say, and uh, you know, every every architect's different, obviously, but I've heard architects say, you know, the best project is the one not built because you don't have to worry about anything, right? Because you just design. All they want to do is design, and I've never felt that way. And and I and to me. The best projects are the ones that are built, but more importantly, the ones that the owners and the and in this case organizations, you know, walk through and they just love it more because of the design and because of the architecture, and because of the building. And as they, as owners or as organizations or as executive directors, can get that much more passionate, which is hard to do because they are very passionate about their mission, right? But if they can get that much more passionate about the new facility or about the renovated facility, then that translates to potential donors. And they go, "Huh, if, if they're that much, if they're that excited about this, then I can get that excited about this." And wow, they must have really done something great. And this is really going to help the community, or this is really going to help their their um, you know their their patron. This is really going to help you know, the person that's going to need this the most. So, I, you know, you, you can't underestimate the results or the the benefit to not just doing it, but doing it in a collaborative and in a well thought out and in a wonderful designed way. <laughs> because that just gets people excited. And that's what
0: people then want to give money towards. And and to that point, you know, it's great to try to hit up private donors or corporate donors, sponsors, that type of thing. Um, But there's other money that's out there, right? Local, state or provincial or federal grants are out there and available. How can, like as an architect, how can you help a nonprofit try to pull in some of that government money? Well, easily. So... so so the way
1: architects can help uh, nonprofits bring in outside money, let's say whether it's grants or or government, I'll give you a, I'll give you a real real example. One of our organizations, Resilient Retreat, that we have worked with over the last it's been many years now that we've been working with them. They just recently went out for a grant it was for 100000 hundred thousand dollar grant, which is a pretty substantial amount of money, and it was a very uh, they needed a very quick turnaround. They were putting together the the application and they uh, part of the application requirements was to create a uh, rendering or something to show what uh, was going to go in this place and where this money was going to go towards, right? So um, within a matter of, I don't know, a week, we were able to put together a rendering that we hadn't done before, but, you know, we, we, we had created the model. I mean, we had enough of the design, obviously, together that we were able to put together the, the renderings to represent not only um, just a, a, a great design, a great picture, but also specific to that grant. So that grant was about therapy and about therapy rooms and how those rooms were going to help the community. So we we put together this this rendering that was specifically reflective of of rooms that we had designed into the building and into the into the uh, um, uh, campus uh, that were specifically meant for therapy and specifically meant for that purpose, and we were able to even um, put specific wording on the um, on the the rendering that appealed to. Sp- you know certain aspects of the grant and we gave it to them and they ended up getting the grant so you know it's amazing that's in such about- a short time that's that is, that just that blows my mind you 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 can't get it any more specific to answer that question right i mean that, that that is what we as architects can do and that is ultimately what putting that that proper presentation together and working with the 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 nonprofits to do can easily and 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 hopefully um, generate dollars uh for, for, from outside of just private you know
0: interest but through grants and and, and government that is absolutely phenomenal there's you just totally blew my mind. A hundred thousand dollars, like a couple of weeks of work to, to pull it together and, and make it happen. I'm sure it was a little bit stressful during that time to, to bring it together to, that's probably an understatement, but. Um, yeah, I was going to say, you know, it's like not that's... a
1: couple of weeks of work.
0: It, it was months <laughs> and years of work. It just, months, okay. it just come together in,
1: in, 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 in that way. And, you know, and we, and yeah, it, it works. It really does. And And it's, and and you know, look, there's nothing there's nothing better from our standpoint as the architect, um, having you know sort of gone through this long process with this with the, the 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 in this particular case the owner or founder, to be sitting in a meeting and they you know across from the table say, hey Baron, by the way, we got that grant. Like, thank you so much for putting that together. We know you had other things. You know, they knew it was a it was a rush, not a rush, but it was a. I had to put other things aside to get this package together, right? So mm. they they understood that, and and you know, and they were beyond thankful and appreciative of of what we had done, and and for us to have done that and get that result. I mean, that's honestly that is about all I I really want, <laughs> you know. And what that's we amazing. Drive so.
0: being able to help an organization like that who you know, like it, being involved in nonprofits, it's very obvious that it, it's a more often than not, it's a passion of love. And there's a reason that people are involved in it. Um, and it's so great that you're able to help organizations bring that to fruition and, and help it come to life. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. Um,
1: well, and, and honestly, we we choose our nonprofits deliberately. You know, I'm not interested in just taking on a nonprofit for cash flow or just to have a nonprofit, quote unquote, in the office. We choose nonprofits that we believe in, that we um, would support whether we were the architect or not. And that gives us our own passion for the project. And it gives us the ability to feel good about what we do and and feel good about the design and really embrace the design and embrace the people that we're working with. and that's our choice. I mean, I'm, there are other. I'm sure architects, or architectural firms, that that just do any nonprofit because they just like nonprofits, and that's great. For us, it's it's a it's a more of um you know a little bit more personal, I would say, um, for 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 organizations that we believe
0: in. And it's important. Like your passion shows. Like when you're talking about these projects that you're working on, um, you know, it's important to really care about the work that you're doing and who you're doing it for, and whatever the mission and and the goal and objective is. Absolutely. Absolutely. So this has been so great. I've picked up a, a number of really great tips that I'm going to take back uh, to some of the organizations that we work with at Wow Digital uh, and chat with uh, the, the foundations on those sides. And you know maybe there's some ideas they haven't thought of. So you know it's really great. And I hope the people that are listening, um, hi, uh, that you that you <laughs> um, that you're also able to take something back and maybe turn it into a, a positive venture that your organization can move forward with. So that, that's really great. If anybody wants to get in touch with you, what do they need to do? Uh, they can, multiple ways, they can get in
1: touch with me through our website, um, which is probably the, the quickest. Um, and, and there will be, I believe also there's we're going to have a little um, giveaway. I don't have it in front of me, David. I hope you have, if you can say that. I, I don't I don't have it. But we're going to put up on our website a link to a um, sort of a post that just gives some um, information to uh, nonprofits moving forward that are maybe considering, you know, uh, developing a piece of property or expanding or, or growing. I've written many blog posts uh, on on this subject. Uh, so there are, if you go to our blog, our, our blog, which is emptyspace.com, or, uh, it's through our website, but it's called Empty Space. Uh, but but that's really, but our website is the best. They can always call me directly on my cell phone, which is 941-544-7226. Uh, they can email me at baron at theshim.com, which is barren B-A-R-R-O-N, B-A-R-R-O-N at the shim t h e s c h i m dot com, and uh, those are the best ways to reach us.
0: Fantastic. So I am going to have a link to everything, um, to the website, to the the offer that you've got. If you want to send over some uh, some specific blog articles. I can link to those too, not not an issue at all. Uh, They will be on our show notes. So everybody listening, head over to wowdigital.com slash podcast. And those notes will be on there for you. Uh, So thanks again for joining in, Baron. It's been great having you on the Nonprofit Digital Success Podcast. To everybody listening, as I mentioned, the links that Baron's provided are going to be on the show notes. So just head over there. Until our next episode, keep on being successful. Thank you very much, David. I enjoyed this very much. Thank you. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I'm looking forward to having you listen to the next ones that we've got coming up. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave feedback on iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. I'd love to hear your feedback and it would also help others find the show. Be sure to check out the show notes for the episode. Head over to wowdigital.com, click on podcast, and search for this episode number, and you'll find all the links, details, and other information that has been discussed in this episode. Are there any other topics that you'd like to hear about? Just send an email to podcast at wowdigital.com. Thanks for listening to the Nonprofit Digital Success Podcast.